Welcome into Educational Leadership on the Go. I am your host, Dr. Dustin Bain, and we are excited that you're with us today uh, to dive into the role of the principal. Um, as you know, Educational Leadership on the Go, uh, kind of the name explains itself. Uh, we are some educators um, getting together to talk about um, leadership in schools um, and how we can continue to move education forward, how we can continue to create environments uh, that are optimal for our students, for kids, and the staff that work in them. Um, I am Dr. Dustin Bain. I am an elementary principal uh, in the St. Louis area in the Fox School District. I'm also joined by Dr. Jamie Wellborn on this episode, uh, an assistant professor at St. Louis University, and also Dr. Ryan Looning, Assistant Principal at Clayton High School in the St. Louis uh, County area. We have created this podcast in hopes of continuing our learning. As much as we want to bring learning to those around us and and the audience that uh, tunes in, we also want to learn from you. Uh, And to learn from you, we want to interact with you. So you can reach out to us at leadonthego at gmail.com, L-E-A-D, on the go at gmail.com. If you hear something during the podcast that catches your attention or you want more information or uh, you just want to touch base with us uh, for various reasons, please reach out to us there. Obviously, we want you you to subscribe on iTunes. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, it's right there at your fingertips. We created this because we understand as principals and professionals You know, getting that professional development is tough. It usually takes hours of commitment and time and away from the school. We want this to be at your fingertips. Maybe you are late at work uh, each night uh, or you're there early or on the way you have a ride. Flip us on um, and maybe you'll take something from it. Our goal is not to necessarily give you all the knowledge in the world like we have everything. Uh, Like we said, we want to interact. We want to expand horizons. Uh, We're three people um, that just like to sit around, honestly, and have some great discussions. And I hope that's what you get out of the podcast, um, that you see that uh, there's more of just a discussion than anything. We're not professional broadcasters. We're not professional radio hosts. Um, but we just want to continue um, to grow this and to grow this uh, our own PLC. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at educate underscore Bain, at educate underscore Bain. Dr. Ryan Looning is at L-U-N, I'm sorry, L-U-H-N-1-5, Loon15, and Dr. Jamie Wellborn at Wellborn, W-E-L-B-O-R-N, underscore Jamie, and uh, you can hit her up there. She has a lot of other side projects and cultural proficiency and some really cool things going on, Um, so I would say hit her up there, and you will definitely uh, find a wealth of knowledge. But today... We jump into the role of the principal. Uh, I think this is going to be an, uh, an interesting episode to get feedback on or, or just for you to take away. This is, uh, just being honest with you, something that I, I continue to deal with. This is my fourth year as a head principal, um, and every year has been a different challenge. And I would say that what we cover today with the role of the principal is probably myself and my assistant principal. Um, our biggest challenge right now. So uh, you'll see as we talk about that and uh, and we put some ideas out there, um, the role of the principal and and what our mindset was about years ago or what we saw is changing. And it's changing by the day. It's changing by the minute. Um, And so tomorrow when you walk in or if you're listening to this on the way to school, the question is what difference are you going to make today? Um, And I think we talk about that in here. So um, 
sit back, relax. We hope that you gain something from it and reach out if you have questions or anything. As always, give us a review on iTunes and uh, hopefully it's a great review. Um, subscribe because we just want this at your fingertips as we come out with new ones. Uh, you can also check out uh, other episodes on grading practices and also on balancing that home and work life uh, and, and if you can even balance that. So we are excited about uh, this new project and we're excited to bring it to you. So educational leadership on the go. This episode on the role of the principal. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today, in the year 2019, there's a lot on the plate and a lot on the shoulders of principals and leaders, and I'm excited to jump in uh, with my uh, gang here today and talk about uh, what that looks like. Before we get started on our article, though, uh, I wanted to take a second. Dr. Wellborn here has some new things going, and I think they're uh, outstanding uh, pieces, and I wanted her to kind of explain some new endeavors she's got going and how you guys can get involved. So, Dr. Wellborn, what do you got going on? Well, uh, last year I said that 2018 was going to be my year, and I kind of started putting some plans together around uh, my work in cultural proficiency and working with the experts out in California, and um, now I'm going to say 2019 is going to be my year. We made some ground in 2018, um, but uh, we're going to try to hit it out of the park in 2019. So just recently, uh, well, first to back up, uh, I have been doing some consulting work in school districts around cultural proficiency. It's really exciting to work uh, with small schools, but then also uh, district-wide initiatives um, or, or movement in terms of uh, working with staff members to uh, get as many on board with the culture proficiency work and the equity work as possible. But uh, most exciting, uh, just within the last couple of weeks, we or I created the Midwest uh, Collaborative for Cultural Proficiency in Schools. And so I say I created, I, I created an idea. Um, and at, at this moment, I have six advisory board members that uh, most are superintendents in the St. Louis area. I do have uh, others that are in the central office that will serve as an advisory board with me to kind of create this collaborative. The idea uh, is that we'll connect professionals, uh, spread ideas, and really begin this work of cultural proficiency in the St. Louis area with the intent to spread it out, really, in concentric circles uh, throughout the Midwest United States. Uh, proficiency has been around uh, since the 70s, so it's not like the new latest greatest coined term of equity work, Uh, but it's really important uh, that we are focusing on valuing that diversity of the students that come into our buildings uh, and and pushing towards inclusion, access, and equity for all. So really exciting about the work. Uh, Please follow us on Twitter right now. Like I say, we're in the developmental phases. Uh, You can look us up at Midwest Collaborative. Uh, of Culture Proficiency in Schools, and that's at Midwest CCPS. Um, you can also email, same thing, Midwest CCPS at gmail.com. All right, you got a lot going on there. Anytime you say I have a board, I'm like, wow, that's high stuff. That's high stuff. So Can't do it alone. All right. So uh, I, I am excited to get back in the studio with everyone and, and share what's going on. It's awesome. Uh, you know, as three professionals that are trying to find our way through this, one of the reasons we got together to do the podcast is just to learn and to 
progress as uh, professionals. And I think today's topic, the role of the principal or the role of the leader, I'll, I'll be very honest. The three of us, as we got together and prepared for this, talked about how we all needed this so bad in our current state. Um, this article is actually passed along to me by Brad Owings. He's in uh, Poplar Bluff, Missouri, and, and Ryan and I got to know him a little bit through Leadership Academy. And it was an article, I don't know about you, Ryan, it kind of sat in my inbox for a while. And then um, as break got near, uh, I had a little bit of time to sit back. And it was one of those, you know, I've read a couple books where it's like, I don't really want to do this. And I jump in and you read like the first line and you're like, well, should have read this a while ago. (laughs) So this was one of those articles that I know hit all three of us. And I think it's something that in our current uh, society, and I think if you go back, as we'll talk about, has always been a trouble. Um, So uh, let's jump right in and kind of set that scene and get some input uh, from our colleagues here. So the the basis of the article is the role of the principal, what it has been, what it looks like, and what it needs to be. And one of the things it talks about is this simple statement. Principals simply don't know what their actual job is. So as you are sitting in your car or wherever you're at and that hits you, what is the first thing you think of when I say principals simply don't know what their actual job is? I know for myself, I think about if somebody asked me for a job description, I, literally, I mean, it's like, it's such a, you know, cliche, but it's like whatever it takes. Because literally I have like cleaned things off the bathroom floor multiple, multiple times with a mop because it's just quicker to do it yourself to making heavy decisions about staff, about students, and everything in between. So what is our actual role? So when I say principals simply don't know what their actual job is, how does that hit uh, the two of you sitting here at the table? Well, I'll start, Dustin. And, uh, you know, when I read the article and just listening to to what you're saying, I think we all have, uh, you know, we've we've grown up with a mental model of what a principal does. And, uh, you know, we're all, you know, of a certain age and we're we're a lot older than uh, our students are now. So when we were students in in high school or elementary school or, or middle school, watching the principal's job, and uh, that, that's kind of how we figured that's what they do. And then they walk around, they, they give you discipline, you know, you get suspended, they, uh, um, they, they fire people, I guess. Uh, that, that's kind of what your mental model was. They, they're kind of the organizer, they're kind of around. But uh, uh, as you get into the role of it, then you, you start realizing, you know, there's no, uh, there, there's no magic uh, book that tells us what we're supposed to do. And uh, the article even talks about how uh, maybe some of the uh, university programs, the principalship programs, are, are failing the, the students based on um, they're, they're preparing you for policy, they're preparing you for um, you know, data, but they truly don't prepare you for what the true job is. And uh, you know, really the job is is being a leader. Um, well, what I've truly learned probably and really taken to heart the last two years is, is how important it is to be in classrooms. And the article really talks about that and uh, uh, making sure you're not only you're there to uh, help guide the teachers and and let them know that you're there for them but uh, you also then get a pulse of the school and really understand what the culture of the school is Um, I can say in my you know high school career I don't ever recall seeing anyone else besides the teacher in my classroom so um, when you talk about 25 years ago what education looked like um, it it was very much that the the principals handed the minutia and and it's not that the minutia is not important it certainly is because the school will not run with all of the without all those things happening but uh, that would seem to be the prevailing uh, 
uh, mindset of what the, uh, the, the the leader of the building did. Whereas, uh, you know, in the last, you know, 10, 15 years, you're talking about a shift. And uh, as, as principals, we really have to make sure that we are modeling what we want to see our teachers do, you know, in faculty meetings, making sure we're setting it up for uh, intuitive, uh, interactive type activities. Uh, the sit and get stuff's over if we want our teachers to... Uh, um, do better. We have to be the leaders of what we want things to look like. And uh, uh, unfortunately, I think there's too many people still who are living through the mental model of what uh, a principal was supposed to be maybe, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Um, and really needs, we really need to take a hard look at it and, and really develop the leadership skills needed to uh, give the feedback to help our uh, employees, help our staff grow. So uh, then it's not, you're, you're not doing all the minutiae. Um, you're setting people up for them to be able to do that so you can really focus on your, your, your role, which is helping teachers improve so they can uh, help the, the students improve. So I want to jump in. Um, I know this article is about the role of the principal, but uh, I've been a principal, uh, assistant principal, so uh, everything we're talking about today resonates with my history, but it's, it's current for me, too. So if you're a superintendent out there, other administrator, uh, even classroom teacher, a lot of these same concepts really do uh, apply to you as well. And so uh, my job as an assistant per, uh, professor, of course I teach, um, but more uh, more specific to this and how I see my role uh, related to this article is I'm a program director and so I describe that role across between a superintendent and a, a principal and so you ask what what does this really mean uh, what is the role of the principal per se and my first my first word is everything and I think that's what I was taught is you do everything. You don't ask people to do uh, anything you wouldn't do yourself. But my problem is, is that I don't want to ask anybody to do anything. I just want to take it on until I feel like I'm about to break. And, and that's where, you know, in this article, they say many end up wondering, is it worth it? You get so stressed out about everything that's on your plate. And I want those things on my plate. Like I ask for them. Uh, but is it worth it? Um, and so that's what I'm so glad to get this article and to, to be able to reflect in my role because there are some things that, that I can give up and need to give up. And so I think it's, it's important to have conversations with those that you work with so that we all have an understanding of our role and, and can best serve the populations of students or, or professionals that we do. Well, and I, when I when I read the article, Jamie, I kept uh, thinking about, and uh, for those who who are, ho- I hope you guys will read this article because it is really uh, worthwhile. But uh, talks about the principal needing to be the the captain of his ship, and uh, you know, I kept thinking about, boy, but what if the ship's sinking? You know, what uh, the captain goes down with it, right? And uh, that that really, I kept thinking but thinking through that, but it was really about how being the captain you set people up for roles and and making sure they understand what they're supposed to do to make sure the ship uh, functions at a high level and uh, if as a principal we can uh, be the captain and really put people in position to be successful um, and then give them the feedback they need to to help them grow and and learn the job then we don't have to be the people who are doing everything we don't have to be the people who are uh, wiping the, the the floors at the end of the day you know I mean that is you know, part of what principals do, and we'll be glad to, but uh, really putting people in, in position to handle those type of things, you know, the better we can do with um, teachers to uh, 
build relationship, having restorative conversations with students, um, the less discipline then we the, the, the less discipline should make to our office, which then will free up time to do other things. Um, those are things that we as principals need to be able to do and be able to pass on. Um, and, and I really the, the, this article really resonated with me around those things. So, kind of jumping around here. Um, you know, the first part is that, uh, Ryan, you hit on this on your comments. So we all went to school and we all have a thought in our head about what the principal was. And you're exactly right. I remember in high school, the only time I saw the principal was if there was an issue or they would do an observation, you just happened to be in that room and, and they sat there and they wrote the entire time. I think they literally wrote every word that was said in the classroom. Right. And then, um, even in my elementary days, at one point, the principal actually read a book to us on a regular basis, which was in that time a little bit out of the norm. And I even think the first principal I had, I don't even remember ever seeing him in the building. But that was the role as a manager, right? The, the principals at that time were the manager of the building, and they managed everything. That was their job. Um, and now that word manager is turned into leader, okay? But... There's still management to be done, you know, and, and at different times, that's just as important as that leading because that's what makes that school go. Um, so the mental model that they talk about is is just that, that kind of old school model. But then it does, as Jamie then said, jumping into what Jamie said of, then it, it leaves people asking, why am I doing what I'm doing? Or I am just flat exhausted because of this model that I have in my head. And I know for myself, my assistant principal and I, there's days, and I'm telling you, this article hit me like a ton of bricks this year um, with some of the challenges that we have uh, in, in various aspects. You sit down and you go, I know that I didn't stop moving from the moment I got here, but I don't really know what I accomplished. I put out a lot of fires that's what I did today. I was a fireman, man. And I just put out a lot of fires, but I'm not sure. And here's the most important piece to that. And this is the part that makes me feel guilty on my drive home is, did I move the building forward today? That is the million dollar question. And the hard part is, that's what I think this article is all about, is when you showed up and then you left, what did your building move a step forward? And I can tell you, I'm sitting here right now, there are days that's not happening because of X, Y, and Z. But that's, ultim- that's ultimately my fault, and i got to figure out. And that's why this, I believe this article has helped uh, so much. So let's talk about that. So we've thrown a lot out about what that old mental model is, what our challenges are as leaders. And going back to that question of, pimp, prince, or I guess, statement, principals simply don't know what their actual job is. I think if you just listen to the three of us, we're all over the place on that and it is tough because it really that that description is is so wide but so here's what the article really talks about a better mental model and 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 ryan talked about the ship it talks about how the leader or the principal has to be the captain of the ship and i know that this isn't uh necessarily great uh radio so say or podcast but i'm going to read a little bit of this because i think That as I read it, it just hit me, uh, like I said, right in the face. And it talks about how if you are the captain of the ship, it only has one captain. And his or her job is to qualitatively different from the rest of the crew. The captain has two primary responsibilities, to keep an eye out to the sea to ensure the ship remains on course, and to keep an eye on the crew to make sure the work is coordinated and executed well. That's it. 
Two, two jobs. Eye on the sea and make sure the crew is exe- executing their job, right? Um, it involves maintaining proper course, uh, vision, making sure that you're going in the appropriate speed. What, do you know when it's time to slow down? Do you know when it's time to speed up? Navigating through the storms, getting back on course after a troubled time. No one but the captain has this responsibility, okay? And, and so it goes on and it talks about keeping an eye on the crew. But when it starts talking about no one and, and, but the captain has that responsibility, so that can be daunting in itself. That's a lot of pressure, right, that you're feeling there. But I'm telling you what, the, the, the one thing that has really stuck with me over the last couple of weeks after reading that is those first two points. Keeping an eye out on the sea to ensure that we remain on course, and then to keep, and then an eye on the crew to make sure. For me, I know at the end of last school year, and we were actually doing uh, some of this at the end of last school year. I talked about how excited I was for the next school year because I felt like where we were moving, others were watching and they were seeing what we were doing and ready. You know, like oh man, look at Merrimack what they're doing. And then there's times this where where I'm like, where that stopped. And we're not moving where we need to go because of this, that, or the other. And that's really up to me. So what am I doing to make sure that the course is still to be seen? And then the second part that I know is probably my biggest struggle is working with the crew to make sure they have the tools they need to complete their job. Because what happens? If we don't feel like that's being done, then we jump in. And all of a sudden, we're not, we're not just the principal, we're the teacher, we're the para, we're the custodian. And we have to start doing other jobs because the people in those positions, in our opinion, aren't doing it to the, their level or what, where they need to be. And now we're not even doing our job. We're doing a million different jobs, which equals burnt out. So some of that stuff I read about the captain, what, what jumped out to you guys about being the captain of the ship? So as I was uh, just kind of going through this article... I, I just what you just read. I underlined the two primary responsibilities to keep an eye out of, uh, to see, and I think Dustin, that's exactly what you just said. Is you want to make sure at the end of the day that that whatever you did, whether it's stopping to put out fires or whether it's you know making plans for the next professional development, uh, we want to make sure that that what we did will allow the organization to move forward. And and so for me, I think. I think that I try to do that by, at the beginning of the the week, kind of looking out to see and seeing what all needs to be done, um, who are are the crew members that I'm going to need to talk to that week. Um, But then when the week takes over, I find myself, I don't don't even know if we want to, if we keep with the symbolism here of, you know, hunkering down in the boat uh, and not being able to see the sea sometimes. Uh, So... I, I still struggle with this, you know, and I think that's why this article needs to be on my desk is is that we continue to kind of focus on those two primary responsibilities so that our organization is moving forward. And, you know, it does say it, it kind of alludes to sometimes you do have to stop and, and we get off course, but we have to as the leaders and it's only our responsibility to redirect the ship if if we run into a storm. So. Yeah, when I when I kind of read through that, I really kept thinking about my role as the uh, uh, leader and really keeping an eye on your staff and uh, working closely with them. And uh, something that I truly believe in is that we have to create a culture of feedback. Um, 
and, that, and that's all the way up and down from uh, the, the leader needs to receive feedback from whoever's above that person. Um, if you don't have anyone above you, hopefully you have some peers who can really help you and talk you through it uh, or taking feedback from the people who, who, who work underneath you. Also, you need to, you know, be able to create feedback from the, for make sure the teachers are giving, you know, constant uh, feedback to the students. That, that's what we want to model as leaders. And uh, the more feedback we can give to our teachers, the, the more guidance we can give to help them, you know. And, and, and most of the time, it should be very positive feedback. Um, it, it should be, you know, something that, that's very positive. It maybe gives them something to think about um, that, to help them move forward. But uh, what you're really trying to do, I think, is to, to give them the, the, the strategies, the, the, the ammunition to be able to, to handle any situation, um, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's a, a parent conversation, whether it's a tough conversation with a tough kid in your class, um, giving them the, 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 the abilities to be able to be confident and be able to handle those type of conversations um, will we'll free you up then to, to allow us to get to um, the, the the true role of the of the leader of being in the classrooms and uh, meeting with community members and, and selling the, the programs that we have in place the uh, you know seeing the whole sea seeing the whole ocean um, rather than getting stuck and having to hunker down like you talked about Jamie but that's what in, in our roles you you find yourself so much uh, having to do the, the the by creating a culture of feedback in your school and in, in your workplace you can really um, help people grow and really then free up the time that we're looking for I think is and lose that burnout hopefully so one of the things that it talks about that I uh, highlighted and, and wrote a note about was and this is almost like when you when you say the word less you know people like cringe because uh, we've talked about this and, it, and it's out there on iTunes work home life balance about that um, that thought process in America that if you want to do more you got to work more and and this uh, piece of the article says give your permission give yourself permission to do less and focus on the high impact av- activities that make the greatest difference um, wow that that again is one of those that makes me think yes at the end of the day you sat down and you knew that you did a lot but did it make the greatest difference and that to me you know with my comments earlier about sitting down with the assistant principal and talking about our day and knowing that we did a lot but did we make the greatest difference is a really honest conversation that only your admin team is really going to understand and really be able to see because it also talks about you know you think of a cruise ship you can think of an old time ship you always picture that captain at the highest view right and it's that person that's that's up there overlooking every system um and we you know probably in our doctoral class i know we took one on systems thinking um and it really does make you sit on that uh, chair or wherever you you stand and say are the systems that I have implemented or the systems that were implemented before I took over the building, are they effective? And if that answer is eh, or no, then what do we do to shift that or change that? And if it's yes, then how are we? How did we do that so well and how can that bleed over in, into other areas? So as you think about systems and you think about efficient running buildings – you know, I just throw this out to the two of you, and, and I can even talk myself. What are some things that you see 
um, in your professional life, maybe in your building, or have seen that you're like, wow, that's running like a well-oiled machine. I, I know for me, when I walked into a new building, everybody has different management strategies. So it's it's how do you get the kids in the morning into the building as fast as possible and into the classroom? Something as simple as that. Um, to how do we handle discipline in the classroom? Because the moment there's a problem in this classroom, the teacher takes care of it, and it's you never hear from them. In this classroom, the moment the kid looks at him a different way, it's uh, Dr. Looning needs you in you know so and so's classroom. Where where are those things? Is there anything that that jumps out to you that you've either changed or you've worked on, or you feel like that system uh, is being effective in its current role? You know, something that uh, when I got here, our, our, you know, in Clayton High School, such a great high school, we, we never had many issues, but uh, um, as high school students go, and we have a, I think I've talked about this in previous uh, podcasts that are, uh, uh, we have an open campus, so students can come and go as they please, and one of the big things that, uh, you know, sometimes kids go out to lunch, and they'll, uh, they'll forget to come back to their class, or classes after lunch, or maybe spend uh, an extra hour before lunch, so they get, uh, you know, a full hour, hour and a half to, to eat lunch together, and uh, we put a, get together an attendance policy that was uh, part punitive, but also also more than anything, just just an accountability measure. Um, it was making sure that we were handling the, uh, the the attendance and making sure teachers were taking accurate attendance. And uh, once we kind of you know rein that in, uh, you know our attendance rates went up, uh, you know astronomically, astronomically, you know initially. And uh, now we're just steady where we need to be. Uh, so little things like that c- can make a big difference. Now again, you talk about um, is that a big change? Or is that really a high dollar type uh, activity that's going to help us see us? Uh, uh, w- with bigger gains, and to me, it was always yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely, because if the kids are in the classroom more, uh, the, the more opportunities they're going to have to learn, and uh, the more opportunities they have to learn, hopefully, uh, the better they will perform on uh, on assessments, on, on standardized tests, those type of things. Um, whatever it may be, they they, they should do a better job um, in in all areas. So, um, getting kids to to go to class was a big thing here. But uh, you know, the, the, that that's kind of you know we got that cover now. Now now what's next? You know what what do you look for next? And uh, there there's so many things that you want to change uh the thing that kind of stood out to me dustin was a kind of a reminder for you and i and we've talked about this a lot and uh um, but uh, change is slow and you know it, it we talked about with the captain staying the course um, being confident in the systems you have in place and, and staying the course there might be things you have to tweak but uh, if you truly believe in those systems if you truly believe that uh they uh they will make a difference in in, in your kids performance then uh stay the course but uh, know that it's not going to change overnight that it's going to take a little bit of time so I just want to add, Dustin, you talked about, you know, a well-organized building. You, you know pretty much that culture when you walk in the building or experience anything within that setting. But the authors here talk about stopping that insanity, and I think that's exactly no one wants to walk into school that it seems like it's insanity around there. And so just four words that I want to kind of leave with here. Um, if, if a leader is really doing the, their job or – Um, In in this case, looking at this new perspective, I think we've got to know what the goals are. So you talked about whether it's discipline, whether it's evaluation, whether it's getting kids into the building. um, You've got to know, everybody's got to know what the end goal is. And as a leader, uh, you're a lot of times setting those goals, hopefully with the help of of other stakeholders. Uh, The next thing is having the right people in the right places. Um, and those people know what their jobs are. And I think that will help to alleviate some of that time we're talking about and insanity for the leaders is if every person knows what their job is. Uh, planning has to happen so that we're, we, we know what to do to reach those goals. And then when conflict arises, 
whether that's student performance or you know some other crisis in the building, uh, we have problem solving skills. And so I think you know as as principals, as we are hiring uh, employees to work in our buildings, that we think about the ability to problem solve because that can take you a long way and stop that insanity. Yeah, you know, you both of you hit some other things and some a lot of things, and I was looking at, at my notes here, and it really comes back to that piece too. Is also is are you spending all your time doing the crew members' work, or are you the captain? And and what was interesting, uh, Ryan, you said something earlier that caught my attention when you talked about modeling, right? And so I get caught in that a lot too, is where. I want to be involved in the classroom, and maybe it's a a discipline issue, maybe it's something, and you jump in and you take the lead. And what you think you're doing is modeling for the teachers or modeling for somebody else what how it should be done. But what they're doing is you're well, you're just taking care of it. So next time there's a problem, I'll give you a call again and you'll take care of it. I think almost you have to explicitly say, I'm gonna jump in here and take the lead. Pay attention to what's going on here, and maybe you can catch something. And then what did you say earlier? Feedback. Then following back up with them and getting feedback and saying, hey, when I jumped in there, what did you see? What did you like that I did? What did you not? And so I think that I've got to do a better job of those follow-up discussions, not, whew, that fires out. Let's move on to the next one. But consciously going back and talking to that person about what happened, I've got to do uh, for sure a better job. Or guess what? I'm just a crew member at that point. I'm not the captain uh, of, of that. Um, so I think that's something that both of you have said that, that jumped out, out to me. And being able to continuously balance support versus not supportive. Because I, as I read this article too, I, I, one thing that really made me think, and you guys can jump in on this as well, is I don't want to also be the captain at the top of the ship that just yells down at the crew members what you need to do and when you need to do it. And I see you guys shaking your head because I think that sometimes that captain and up there in the ship has that negative connotation. So I really think that one of the reasons I do have a good relationship with so many of my staff members is because I am willing to jump in. My assistant principal, Pat, is able to jump in. I think they appreciate that. So you guys can jump in. Where is that line? How do you? What are some things you do between I'm being supportive and not supportive? I'm being the captain, not a crew member. Where's that line for you guys? And what are some things that that jump out to you for that? Well, being a uh, you know being a assistant principal at a high school, and you know one of our big roles is getting to classrooms and giving feedback about classroom observations, and that's a huge part of our job. Um, I think one of the things we we fail to to act on a lot is you you kind of touched it, Dustin was, you know, following a, a meeting with a parent and a teacher. Um, the the follow up with the the teacher regarding that meeting and maybe things that they could have done better or receiving feedback from the teacher on how we'd like to see it, uh, you know, handled differently next time. Um, but being able to to again to to give the teachers the the ability to um, handle those conversations on their own should be the goal of that so the next time you're not sitting in the classroom or sitting in that uh, conference room with with the parent with the teacher um, the, the teacher you want to give them the the abilities to be able
able to handle that on their own. Um, Jamie, you talked a little bit uh, during your, uh, when you were talking the last uh, question with, uh, you know, making sure the right people are in the right spots. And uh, another thing that stood out to me was when, when you go into this role, I mean, we were teachers. Um, we, we got into this to help kids. Um, there was no training or manual about, you know, when, when, when it's time to move on from people. And, uh, you know, I think most principals or leaders or teachers that are very optimistic and they think you know that everyone's in it to do to do the right thing and uh, you know we need a culture of feedback and the feedback should be geared more towards the positive but there's gonna be times where people aren't receiving the feedback and um, they they aren't making the the gains that they need to and um, then you have to as a leader make that tough decision that can be really tough to do as uh, you know just a human being telling someone that you know you know these folks have families you know that these folks have different uh, things going on in their lives that might you know affect their ability to to, to perform at a certain level but um, as a leader we if they're not handling the things they're supposed to handle and you're constantly cleaning it up and cleaning it up or or you're doing the work for them that's where i think what, what stood out to me when you talked about making sure the right people in the right spot because i think in education we're all really nice people who who really want to see everyone do well but uh in in our roles we also have to know that you know if people aren't living up to their responsibilities um they they either need to be moved or they need to be moved on uh, Ryan, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, that's that's something that I, I see uh, constantly, right, is that um, that's tough, right? And, and I do think you hit uh, so many good points there, right? And if I could bottle that up, that would be the, the sailing pitch for this for this podcast is we, we aren't in the cutthroat business, right? And, in, and we're not in a business. We're, we're in – to education yeah but and you so, know what dustin i'm gonna stop you there we are i mean it's about kids so it absolutely is but we don't treat it like we're ceos of a fortune 500 company that we have to meet the bottom line by this quarter otherwise um you know heads are going to roll that, right. that isn't not how we operate because that's not the kind of people we are but when you really look at it absolutely this might be the most you know important uh position in, in the world, teachers and educators and teacher leaders, to uh, making sure our kids have access to, uh, um, the, you know, to their dreams and their goals. And uh, if we have people inhib- you know, inhibiting those type of things, then, then we need to move on from them. So sorry to interrupt no, you. No, absolutely. That's what it's all about. I mean, this is an open discussion. I think, but yeah, it gets back to your point of um, those are the things that are underlying here, right? Because it gets back to the whole point of this article. It all goes back to then guess what? You're a crew member again. If they're not doing their job, if they're not instructing kiddos, if they're not treating kiddos well, then you become the crew member. That pulls you away from the mission, the vision, and and, and all the big things. And I think that is the the frustration level that I meet sometimes of, um, you know, you see other things going on and you want to get there. I think also the big thing, like you said, Ryan, is change. Change is tough and, and movement is tough. And I think that's where my mind is, is like, okay, don't think you can walk in tomorrow and do this as a captain. You know, you got to study it, think about it, get feedback, and then move. Um, but every day, that really holds over my head about making a difference. So, Ryan, I think you hit a lot of good points there. So I want to kind of get to the, the back end of this article and, and kind of start gearing down a little bit. And, and they really hit uh, at the end... Uh, a couple ways that you can grow uh, in this captain role, right? And, 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 and get out of the crew member and trying to do all the jobs uh, for everybody. So 
they talked about a couple things, so I'm going to throw these out there. And if you have something, I wrote some notes for a couple of them. But, um, you know, the first one they said is um, to change your point of view. Look at your school through the eyes of the ship captain and take note. What on deck, work, what up on deck work is there to do that only I, the principal, can do? Given sufficient training and development, what administrative work could others do? Anything jump out to you when I when I talk about when, for me? Uh, I've really been working with my secretary. My secretary is great, um, but you know, Jamie, you talked about this at the beginning. I know how I want it done, so it's just easier for me to do it. And I caught myself just a week ago. We were working on a data piece um, that we were a part of a research group, and you know, the money the school's going to get um, uh, some. Uh, monetary value back for being a part of that and i find myself trying to pull this and i'm like you know what stop stop you can be more effective doing this than than working on this data sheet right now you know and so that for me was something of how do i help uh my secretary who's great have that 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 ability to take some of those things over so that's something i'm working on anything else jump out to you guys there for number one so with number one i think this is going to be the hardest for uh those of us and i'll include myself in this that you know one of your top values in life is hard work like i hang my hat on that and when i'm giving up stuff i may feel like i'm uh cheating on my value here right uh kind of disowning it and so i think that's something that those who kind of hang their hats on, on hard work is my thing, um, they, they will have trouble through this step. I know there's four others that we're going to discuss here, um, but, the, but the same thing, uh, those, those servant leaders, those who say, and I can remember saying this in an interview, um, I am here for the teachers. I will do anything on a daily basis to make sure their job's easier so that they can do the job for the students. Um, and so I think this is another point. I think it's maybe the most important, though. You know, that's what you need to do, one of the steps you need to take to kind of break through that ice of kind of changing your mindset or point of view. Yeah, the thing that stood out to me just real quickly was the training and development part of it. Uh, and, and that's the time you guys both mentioned. And, uh, you know, you have to be willing to put the, the time on the front end that will free you up later by training and developing someone else by giving the feedback that they need uh, to be successful. Um, it, it will take more time on the front end, but it will free your time up later on. Number two, review every piece of str- every piece of paper strewn across your desk and ask yourself, is is this my job or is there someone else in my organization whose job description actually includes this? It, it, this gun kind of goes with the first one, but Jamie, you hit this earlier about, I again, I want it this way and we're all going to work on it, you know, or I want to work on it and get it done this way. Anything to add to those uh, with number two um, as far as giving things off your desk? What happens when you've created that piece of paper? You've seen it <laughs> since in its induction. Uh, you know, sometimes it's hard to give those things up. So, right. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you give those things up that you have so much ownership over? Uh, I, I think that's something that I struggle with uh, as a leader is sometimes allowing those papers to, to leave my desk. Well, and even wondering if, uh, you know, the, the if people actually know what everyone's role is at their organization, um, you know, because... 
what you talked about, Jamie. We just take it on. So, so we'll just do it because it's quicker, and I know how I want it done, as Dustin said. And I, I don't really want to take the time to, to train someone because I know exactly how I want it want it done. But um, do we truly know everybody's role and uh, what their job description is? And maybe if we had a better, you know, I can probably generally kind of say those things. But maybe if we truly looked at it and uh, really maybe even asked your staff members, hey, do you know what your role is? Well, what 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 is your job description? To see what they say and uh, to see if they truly know it could be a a, a great exercise to maybe uh, release some of those things we're talking about. I think that'd be a great back to school activity. Like what is your, I think that would be huge for your paraprofessionals, your class, you know, the, the, the um, classified staff that have such an important role in the school, um, but sometimes get lost in everything that's going on. Right. Uh, Number three, deliver each piece of paper to the specific person who is responsible for its completion and ask them to handle it. So they talk about piece of paper. So this, this one has come up for me, and Ryan, you hit on this earlier, phone calls. You know, sometimes I can see some people look at me like, I'd really like you to make that phone call because that could get a little awkward. Or, you know, we are, you know, unfortunately in this role, probably more prone to getting the upset parent. And we've I don't know that we've never had training, it's experience, right? So when I get that, that doesn't really rock me too much. But you get teachers and people that come to you like, oh, man, I think they're really fired up on this one. And, and you're like, okay, okay. And I think I need to continue to have them involved. And I think you alluded to this, Ryan, earlier about a meeting with like a parent and, and whatnot is, okay, listen to how I speak. So they're prepared to do it next time. And then it doesn't come to you. So by doing the work on the front end, on the back end later, they're going to take care of it and probably not even have to come to you uh, and talk them through that piece uh, of that. So I, I see that with phone calls and that, that kind of piece of, well, you need to send the email or you need to make the phone call. Take that step and stop taking all those on. I don't know. If yeah, you and you talked a little bit about su- being supportive earlier, Dustin. And uh, that, that's an area that I think that uh, I've really tried to where, yeah, you want to put it back on the teacher, but you also want them to know that you're supporting them. So whether it's uh, if you know they struggle with a, a communication with a parent, whether it be email, face to face or a phone call, you know, if it's phone call, say, hey, I'd be glad to sit in to sit in the uh, room with you as you make that phone call and uh, help you with some feedback feedback afterward we can process through it or hey before you send that email out why don't you send it to me first so i can kind of proof it and maybe give you some advice or you know if you're really concerned about a parent meeting hey how about i just sit kind of off to the side and just we're going to tell the parents and i'm just here to monitor the meeting that it's uh you know i'm here to give feedback to the teacher as as they move forward so we can help them uh grow in these type of things and again hopefully then if uh you, you help them grow in that area that the next time they don't need you sitting there they don't need you listening to the phone call or, or proofreading their emails and uh, you just saved yourself a ton of time again. Number four, if a staff member is not yet competent to perform a certain task, train them so they can become competent. Um, this is something that we are working on currently. Uh, I'm really proud. Dr. Schwabi, my assistant principal, has now set up. Uh, we've had some you know, higher level behaviors, and I think everybody is. It's just that uh, it's kind of that trend in education. We have a really good book that we're working on. Um, it's called the behavior code by Jessica Minahan. And so what he is doing is actually once a month, he has two different groups and it's all our paras in the building. And so they're having their own PD and their own PLC monthly. And they're going to read the book together, talking about what you can do to help kids with anxiety, oppositional defiance, understanding, because it's a group, the paraprofessionals in your building is such a thankless job, such a 
a job that if you took them out, the building would just about fall flat the next day. But it's a group of people that come with all different backgrounds. Some want to be the classroom teacher. Some just are happy in that position. It, it is all over. And so we forget that we sometimes just throw them in this classroom and go, all right, you're going you're gonna to be the soothsayer to this kiddo. No, not without that. So I'm really proud of Dr. Schwabe and some of the things we got going at Merrimack. So once a month pulling those uh, talking about what's going on. And they also need to decompress and talk about uh, and feel valued, as you said earlier. So I am ec- excited about that. But I think that's a big piece to the puzzle. And either of you guys have something to, to go along with that, Jamie? So I, I think one thing here is give yourself permission to move those pieces of paper we were talking about, some of those off of your desk so that you can spend the time on training, again, your people. It goes back to those two primary responsibilities the authors talked about keep an eye on the crew to make sure their work is coordinated and executed well. So think about what things are on your desk, what you can slide off, and then use that time to train um, and hopefully have less fires. Well, the, the, the only thing I'd add to that, too, is, uh, you know, once you train that person, then hopefully they'll be uh, competent enough to train the next person. And, uh, man, now we just opened up a whole can of worms that uh, we got all sorts of time on our hands to do the, the things that we need to do. Yeah, system. I mean, and now you're not modeling, they're modeling. Absolutely. Absolutely. So last one here, get out of your office and into the classrooms. When you are interrupted from this mission, critical work, mission critical work because front office staff requires your assistance to complete their duties. Make a note and schedule a training and development session uh, for them. One thing that stuck out to me about that is, is, is that piece, but also how sacred that time is with students, right? And, and uh, there was a principal that my counselor actually observed, and it was a parent that just kind of randomly showed up in the morning and wanted a meeting. And the principal said, you know, we'll have to reschedule because I already have uh, some time with students scheduled. You know, and I think as, as principals, we, we jump and we want to make sure parents are happy or at least listening and we have that dialogue. But it is, as principals, we need to be out walking the halls, not just because the students need to see us and we need that relationship, because we need to be the captain. We need to make sure that the crew is executing our vision and our mission and, and continuing to steer the ship on their own from their own vantage point. So any, anything you guys want to add uh, to that one? I think superintendents are doing a great job these days. Um, Even since I've been in education, I've seen a a great influx of superintendents being in classrooms, not just walking the halls with the principal and not really seeing students, because I've seen that too. But, um, you know, you just just look at Twitter and superintendents, central office staff, uh, maybe this district, I don't know, but the, the central office administration is required to be out in a classroom a certain amount of time uh, I think each week, um, and I, I think that's important that that we rely on our models in this work too. And and uh, principals see it from superintendents, and teachers see it from from principals. So, yeah, and we've had some great con- conversations, Dustin, with uh, some of our folks through our doctoral program about you know, especially uh, if you're giving feedback or if there's uh, uh, an issue, to actually go to the uh, the teacher's classroom, the teacher's office, wherever it may be. Um, the the you know the 
mindset of what they principal used to be is everyone would come to that principal you'd sit in front of them you'd have a conversation desk between you whereas you know we all know as leaders to be able to sit with someone and be able to maybe even sit side by side to give some feedback to really talk through an issue it is a much better way to to, to approach some sort of uh, training development feedback type uh, role that you have and uh, you know the more we can do that the better uh, getting out of our office is is, is huge and uh, you know it really does get you to know the pulse and the culture of the school so that is uh, the role of the principal, um, and there's a lot going on today, a lot thrown at you. Again, I want to uh, plug the uh, article because I want to make sure we give credit. It's called A Shift in Perspective on the Role of the Principal by Andy Johnson, Principal of Valley Elementary School in California, and Jill Pancost, Coast, uh, VP of the Breakthrough Coach. Um, it was a great article. Uh, I have spent hours, if not more, uh, days thinking about it and how it, uh, I move forward. Um, it's all about being the captain. It's about your vision and mission and making sure that the crew members, as we've stated here, are prepared to execute their jobs on a daily basis. And ultimately, we walk in the building, we walk out the building, and I know for me the biggest takeaway is when I walk out, did we move the building forward? Not how much work did I get done, but did the building move forward today or not? And that's a hard um, uh, hit you in the face type question. And uh, hopefully more days than that, that we are. So we appreciate you for joining us on this episode. As always, you can reach out to us. I think this is an episode that we'd love to hear some feedback on, or if you need the article, please hit us up. You can uh, reach out to us at gmail at lead on the go at gmail.com lead on the go at gmail.com and uh, of course always subscribe on itunes and we you will get the most up-to-date content we have uh content hitting itunes and we are excited about what this is going to provide we love to hear from you guys and uh, be interactive so uh we hope you enjoy and we'll see you at the next time